Welcome to the Natalie Creates Podcast, creating your best life one step at a time. I'm your host, Natalie Freeman, lifestyle blogger and business owner of almost 10 years. Join me here for conversations with entrepreneurs and personal development leaders about business growth, mental health, relationships, and more. Are you ready to take the next step towards your best life? Let's get started. If you like what you hear today, please leave a review and share this podcast on Instagram. Simply take a screenshot, share on stories, and tag me at Natalie Creates so I can thank you for your support. This episode is sponsored by One Canoe Two, a women-owned and operated stationery company that is close to my heart. These ladies create products with meaning, intention, and of course, incredible beauty. One Canoe Two's hand-painted calendars, planners, and best-selling greeting cards are some of my absolute favorites. And you guys should check out their incredible carry-all tote bag collection. You can get the goods at onecanoe2.com. That's one the number, canoe like a boat, to the number.com and use discount code Natalie Creates for free shipping off any order. Hello, friends. Before we get started, I wanted to first mention that this podcast was recorded before the worldwide outbreak of COVID 19. While we did not know what lay ahead for the future of our business and our lives, I do believe the nuggets of wisdom shared here are still relevant and worth listening to. In this episode, I will share how I launched Natalie Creates and alongside my husband built Freckled Hen Farmhouse. While this season feels uncertain and quite frankly scary, I believe the lessons I've learned in 10 years have prepared me for what lies ahead. Thank you so much for your support, encouragement, and kind words. I really hope you enjoy this first episode. Welcome to the Natalie Creates Podcast, creating your best life one step at a time. And I thought I would launch this podcast by having my favorite guest of all, my sweet husband, Luke Freeman. Hey, everybody. So happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here too. And today I thought we would talk about how I started Natalie Creates, how we launched Freckled Hen, and where we are going from here. It's been quite a journey. It has been. So how did it all start? So, if I'm remembering correctly, it all started with the little blog back when we were in college. That's right. So, we were both going out of state to college, and I wanted to be able to connect with my family. So, I started a blog my sophomore year of college. It was definitely, at the time, not an idea I had that would launch a career. It was simply a hobby to be able to share like snapshots of my life. Um, You can actually go to nataliecreates.com and see that content. I still have it up. Um, But it was just a really great way for me to share with my family what was going on. Um, And as I kind of got into blogging, I started digging deeper into photography. Yeah, which was special. I mean, that was something we connected over. I was a photojournalism major starting out. I learned on a film camera, 35 millimeter Canon. You had an old Pentax your mom gave you. So I was able to teach you how to use your film camera. Yeah. And as I got more comfortable with the camera, I started sharing those images on my blog, but also Flickr. Um, If you remember Flickr, you are also old school like me. And at the time, Instagram did not was not on the scene, but I kept thinking, man, it would be so nice to have a camera on something as simple as like a phone. And we were able to like share it with other people, just like we are on Flickr. 
if I would have like acted on that idea, I would be a billionaire. Did you really have that thought? I really I had know. that thought. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see it coming. I did not see the iPhone coming. Well, not necessarily the iPhone, but just like a simple way to share photos. Yeah. Um, because Flickr was such a dynamic community. And so I started sharing um, things that I was interested in, such as like recipes we were making, um, craft projects I was, you know, creating, gardening, living within my means. I was even sharing things about mental health. And while I was starting that blog, something important happened. We got married. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we were youngins. We were young. So I was 19 and you were 20. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we had this vision of owning a farm together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because by that point, by the time we got married, I had switched majors to sustainable ag and had the dream of farming one day. So that was very much a part of our, our future together. We want to graduate and eventually move on to a farm. Right. And what I love about this just kind of like reminiscing and looking back on our past is that feels like so long ago. So long ago. It was a decade ago. Yeah. I mean, I remember us shopping at the farmer's market together, feeling so adult, but here we were two freshly married 20 year olds. (laughs) Right. But we had this vision of owning a farm together. Um, And so soon after college, we had a really rough year where we lived. Yeah. I um, drug you all the way to... Fort Smith. So I had a job in Poto, Oklahoma, right across the border. And uh, we made it as far as Fort Smith and didn't make it any farther. And that only lasted for a year. Yeah, I cried almost every single day. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> but after that, we realized, okay, part of our like family is having deep-rooted community. So mm-hmm. we moved an hour up north to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Which is where I'm from. Yeah, and which is where we live now. And I was working for this incredible nonprofit. And at the time, the director of that nonprofit told us about this property that was right outside of town. Um, We were 23 years old. Yeah, and I remember her telling you, Natalie, don't go look at it, because if you look at it, you'll want to buy it. And, you know, of course, we, we couldn't help ourselves. We had to go look. So we had to go look. It was within a price range that we felt like was realistic. Yeah, for three and a quarter acres and a two-bedroom house. Right. But we had no savings at the time. No, no savings at all. But we decided to buy that farm. Well, and it's really amazing how it worked out. I mean, A, we were not actively saving to buy a house. and We B, had just freshly graduated from yeah, college. Yeah, we were like two years graduated, year and a half. And B, we didn't know about this loan program called the USDA Rural Development Home Loan, which gave loans to low-income people like us with no down payment. And so, I mean, amazingly, we were able to buy a house and land at 23. It was incredible. It was such an incredible opportunity. And I really feel like it was the first big risk we took in creating the life that we wanted to live. Or I think that that is the part of our relationship and the way that we have grown is that we kind of trust our gut. We kind of trust our instinct. And it's not crazy. We're not going out and buying a $400,000 house with no, you know, savings. Yeah. Yeah. And I think honestly, Natalie, that's one thing I've learned a lot from you is to trust your intuition. You're really good about knowing when these huge opportunities come that we can't turn down. 
Yeah. And I think that that has served us really well as a couple, because when we bought this property, I kind of knew that that was the start of building community. It was something that we lacked where we lived previously. And then moving to this town, we were really able to build that. Um, But the house wasn't perfect. We had to do a lot of projects to the house. And so I was blogging about those and I was, we were blogging about gardening and things like that And the blog at that time really started to um, grow. Yeah. That's when it took off. But I remember, I mean, there was pink carpet in one of the rooms and popcorn ceilings I had to scrape. I mean, fortunately it had good bones. The windows were good. The walls were good, but yeah, just aesthetically, it needed a lot of work. Yeah. And I feel like if I could really speak for our audience, I felt like they thought that what we were doing was realistic, tangible. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we were kind of remodeling, renovating on a budget. With what we had. With what we had. At the time when we first renovated our kitchen, I felt like it was a pretty huge makeover and we spent less than $300. Yeah, and we did things like we pulled up carpet and just painted the subflooring instead of putting down hardwood. So we were really doing it on the cheap. Yeah, and I felt like people really be really were starting to kind of grab hold of that lifestyle and were understanding that they could follow their dreams without a huge budget. So I realized that this was a great opportunity for people to then join us on the farm. So I started these canning workshops mm-hmm. that were really like women's retreats centered right. around an activity. Yeah, yeah, because you guys would go junking one day in Prairie Grove hit up some cool shops in the Fayetteville area. I mean, I remember you having all these Airstream trailers in our driveway that the girls would stay in and me having to go out in the middle of the night and turn the generators back on so they could have AC. But they loved it. I mean, they seemed to have a great time. It was such an amazing kind of like dipping our toe into providing a tangible way for people to experience the lifestyle that we were building. Yeah, it was crazy how you had people travel all the way from Michigan and New York to come to our little farm in Northwest Arkansas. It was such an honor. And looking back, I'm so grateful for those women who kind of like took a chance on us because I realized that those are the people that really helped us kind of launch what Freckled Hen is today. And the caning workshops really served as a way for us to kind of spark within us an idea that said, people want a piece of this lifestyle we're building and how can we give that to them? So I had this crazy idea that we would start a store. Yeah, where, where did that come from? Do you remember when you first had that idea? I don't know that I specifically remember that time when... I thought, okay, we need to have a store. I had been working casually doing visual merchandising and social media marketing for some local brands in town as kind of like a side hustle. Um, And I always had been, I'd always been participating in retail, but I never specifically remember thinking one day I will own a shop. But as sort of, I started digging deeper into what the Natalie Creates brand looked like, the lifestyle that we were building. I realized people want a piece of our lifestyle. I have built a business online. How can I give that to other people? So I decided 
this would be an incredible opportunity to open an online store. Yeah, because at this point, you had quite a large following on Instagram. You were, what, 45,000 followers or something like that? Close to that. I don't remember exactly the the number, but I remember um, at that time, we were also trying to figure out a way to stay in Fayetteville because, Luke, your job was starting to look kind of questionable. Yeah, because I was finishing up grad school, but... I was also working full time for the university, but because of various reasons, I kind of saw the end of the rope with funding for my position. And there's just a lot of uncertainty there. We didn't know if, you know, in six months, if I'd still have my job, you know, where our income was going to come from. So, yeah, I definitely remember us starting the store felt like a way for us to make a living for ourselves here in Fayetteville without having to like move for me to find a job in horticulture. Right. And it was really fun because we actually took like $100 and went to a cabin in the woods and kind of wrote out a business plan and what that would look like. And it's funny looking back on that now and what we've learned from that process, because it doesn't look like anything from the original draft. Yeah. I mean, I I went back and looked at it last year. And one thing I'd forgotten was in the business plan, we have me working the store the majority of the time. So you could still do your Natalie Create stuff. So, I mean, very much in the business plan was Luke's going to be working because in our minds, I wasn't going to have another job to make money. Right, right. And that's totally changed. Most of my time is spent building Freckled Hen and what it is today. But I think one of the most important parts of that journey was we were constantly seeking input from mentors, whether it be small businesses um, who own their own stores, you know, owners of like larger brands. We were also seeking advice from financial advisors, anyone who would talk to us about this idea. Yeah, and we and have it a- was apparent that it was a that it was something we were supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're lucky to be in a college town. And we have a great business school here. So I mean, I remember talking with one of the business professors at the Walton College of Business, and she gave us some advice that we've continued to follow, which was to st- start small and don't grow until you can't help but grow. Exactly. So that's exactly what we did. That's exactly what we did. We rented out this tiny old motel room. Now, let me paint this picture for you. It was not a cute motel room. It literally had cinder block walls and stained linoleum floor. I'm pretty sure people were doing drugs in it before we owned it. Yeah, it was sketch. It was very sketch. And we we didn't even paint the walls. We didn't even have time or money for that. Yeah, we didn't paint the walls. I just remember sweeping a ton because it was so dirty. <laughs> and we were like Lysoling every corner of that place. But it was such an amazing opportunity because it was $200 and it was the exact size that we needed. Yeah, was it 200 square feet? I think so. It was tiny. It, it was, was tiny. so small. But, you know, since we started online... We kind of just needed a space to put all the products so they weren't just sitting in our guest bedroom. Right. So we knew we wanted Freckled Hen Farmhouse to be an online space, but we also wanted it to be a curated version of what our life looked like, the products that we love to use every day, and we wanted it to be beautiful. So we decided to create this atmosphere within our shop, even if we knew people weren't going to be coming there. Yeah. And once we started having folks come into the store to shop, you know, occasionally it would be like, what, once a week, twice a week. 
you know, we kind of created this storefront area that we could where we could display product. We had a few IKEA shelves that we used. The table we used for shipping out product, we would display products on it. And then behind all those IKEA shelves would be just shelves of product and all of our all of our inventory. But we made we made the most out of that little space. We did. And people were coming in because they were typically choosing in-store pickup when we started. Mm -hmm. Because when we started the brand, we had a large national following, but we quickly realized that local shoppers were also wanting to shop with us. And they would ask to have an in-store experience. So we decided to launch pop-ups, which turned into this huge, huge, huge sort of demand for a brick and mortar store. And I feel like that's really important because that wasn't necessarily our intention in the beginning, but it was that community piece that had always been so important to the Natalie Creates brand, our relationship, and how we wanted to live our lives was, how are we going to build community? Yeah, and it was so fascinating because when we created the business plan and our original idea was that we would stay online for you know, between three and five years, and it probably wouldn't be until, you know, five years into it that we could open up a brick and mortar. But just the demand, the local demand from our community was so great. It was just overwhelming that people in our community wanted to shop with us, and they wanted a brick and mortar experience with us. That was something that we we really did not anticipate there being that kind of outpouring of support and that kind of demand. Yeah, it was amazing. And I think it really um, challenged us to think outside of what we originally had intended. And so we decided to look for a brick and mortar space because we were definitely growing out of our 200 square foot studio space. And we quickly found this building around the corner um, that we decided to take on. Um, It was $700 a month. I think it was maybe... 600 square feet, something like that. Yeah, close to that. Uh-huh. And, you know, retail space in our area is not that cheap. So when I tell you these prices, it's because we were finding the shacks. <laughs> <of the town. laughs> yeah, I mean, to, um, to paint the picture, when you walked through this building, the shelves would shake because the floors were so unsteady. Yeah, And there and was the floors- not a square corner or a level wall. In that building. No, the floors were at least five different colors when we moved in. (laughs) And so we decided to paint everything white, which let me just say has to be the worst business decision we have ever made. Because not only were the walls white, the floor was also white. Yeah, I literally just took a paint sprayer and sprayed everything. Right. It looked gorgeous. But about two months into business, we realized we had to mop that floor twice a day. That was terrible. (laughs) So we moved into this space. It wasn't anything fancy, but we got a crazy email from the editors of Better Homes and Gardens. Yeah, that's wild. I don't know how they got our information, but they did. And we're so thrilled that they did because for some reason they heard that we were um, that we had the store. I don't even know if they knew that we hadn't physically opened no, the store I, yet. Yeah, I think they thought we had already opened. I can't quite remember how it happened, but the day before we opened, we decided to have a photographer come in and photograph us in the store. And that ended up being a full page spread in the pages of Better Homes and Gardens. Yeah, which was amazing for us. Because after that published, we'd get folks from out of town who 
were coming through Arkansas and they'd stop by our store because they saw some better homes and gardens. Right. It was was such an amazing opportunity. And I think it really painted the picture for what we wanted Freckled Hen to be. We wanted it to be a destination where you came in and you felt comfortable and included and safe. And it was just an amazing opportunity to connect with these people who found us in the pages of Better Homes and Gardens or or who found us on Instagram. And we were kind of able to invite them into our community. That space was incredible. It was like a stepping stone for us, but we quickly realized that it wasn't the best fit for us. It was too small. And we kind of had like a weird relationship with the landlord. So we decided to move into what is now our current location off of College Avenue. Which was a huge risk because the rent was like two and a half times what we were paying. It was tucked back a little bit from the road to like not as visible as we'd like, but it was a building with character. We loved our landlord, had a lot more space. I mean, it was 800 square feet of retail, but then it had a basement that was 800 square feet for all of our inventory, which I mean, we were just bursting at the seams at our old store. And so it, it checked most of the boxes. So we went for it. Yes. And this is really the point in our brand where we realized that we were no longer leading from a place of fear. We, at that point, when we first opened our brick and mortar in our original location, we started to hire employees, but we were leading from a place of fear, not of confidence. And starting fresh in this location really empowered us to build up a brand and to build up a team of incredible employees. So we hired a store manager, we invested in an inventory manager, we brought on a graphic designer and photographer, and it became a space where we could do all of these creative things that we had always imagined wanting to do without having to be a part of every single step. Yeah, that was really the beginning of empowering employees, having having managers with real responsibility. Like, you know, I'm thinking of Carrie, our inventory manager, and how she took leadership on implementing barcodes and really organizing the basement downstairs and doing things that you and I didn't have the capacity to do ourselves. And that wouldn't have happened if we didn't expand into a larger store. And let alone just that something about moving into that larger store brought more people in. It just, it felt more legit. We could display our product better. More people could fit inside the store. And so it it just was phenomenal for our business. That decision to empower our employees has really just created more margin in our lives to do what we totally. feel like we're called to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also to think big picture um, because we're definitely at the point where the, with the business, with the brand, both Natalie Crates and Freckled Hen, where we're ready to take the next step and we're trying to figure out what that is. But having... Erica is a store manager, having a really talented graphic designer, doing fantastic jobs at marketing, having our inventory manager, Carrie, frees up our headspace and time to think about what's next for Natalie Creates. It allows us to do awesome things like start this podcast right, and think about what's next for Freckled Hen. Right, because there were some really hard years. I feel like we are summing up a decade of really hard work in 20 minutes. But the reality is, is that there were so many sacrifices made, so many late nights. Um, 
sometimes losing the vision for what we actually wanted Natalie Creates and Freckled Hen to be. And I feel like inviting these employees in has really created more space for us to be able to envision what we really want Natalie Creates and Freckled Hen to communicate. Because before that, we were just doing the nitty gritty work and there was no space to really envision what we wanted Natalie Creates and Freckled Hen to be. Yeah, we were just staying up late packaging up the online orders and making sure they all got shipped out on time and right stuck in the hustle and now we can create a brand that truly does inspire people to create the best life that they want based on what we are doing based on the wisdom and talents and knowledge of other people that we know and are inspired by so i'm really excited about this podcast because i feel like i've learned a lot through, you know, navigating a business for the last four years, um, navigating some health problems, um, trying to figure out what's most important in life. Truly what the Natalie Creates podcast is about is it's about what does it look like to prioritize our health? What does it look like to live within our means? For so long, we were living within our (laughs) We within means or that. below me. <laughs> <laughs> and we still do. Um, what does it look like to value time as a currency? I feel like that is by far the biggest lesson I'm learning in 2020. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and as we get older and as our life becomes more full of responsibilities, it just makes us realize how valuable time is. Yeah. Also, building a business from scratch. We know all about that. <laughs> We do. (laughs) Um, Strengthening relationships. I mean, what does that look like? That looks like your marriage, your friendships. Um, Also working with your spouse. Yeah, I can't wait for that podcast. That's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a good one. And so much more. So we invite you into this community um, where we can talk about these topics that everyone's wondering about. And we can invite guests to share their experiences. And we can really learn from each other. Looking forward to it. Me too. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. To stay up to date on all things Natalie Creates, sign up for my newsletter at nataliecreates.com or follow me on Instagram at nataliecreates. This episode is sponsored by Freckled Hen Farmhouse, a modern day general store filled with thoughtful home goods, gifts, and seasonal decor that encourages everyone to live fully and give generously. You can visit the brick and mortar store at 840 North College Avenue in beautiful Fayetteville, Arkansas, or shop with Freckled Hen online at freckledhenfarmhouse.com. Use code NCPODCAST15 at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase at freckledhenfarmhouse.com. Don't forget, If you like what you've heard today, please, please, please leave a review and share this podcast on Instagram. Simply take a screenshot, share on stories and tag me at Natalie Creates so I can thank you for your support. Thanks, y'all. Let's talk soon.